heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. Well, let's ask ourselves, are we making progress? Do you feel like we're making progress? Have we accomplished what we need to now that we're, you know, I love this time when we get into a whole new year, my fellow Americans. And you know what? <laughs> we get a chance to do it all over again, right? But the question is, can we do it better? I always think life is like that. We have to learn from uh, from our past uh, you know, mistakes like falling down when you're a five-year-old and you scrape your knees, you get up and you move forward, right? It's the same thing here as the people here. So first of all, welcome into a whole new year here on The Voice of a Nation and excited to get going here. And uh, this is the format today uh, is really very cool. These are the most listened to shows on the platform here. These Q&As are so vital and so many Americans and people around the world, for that matter, get their information right here uh, with these Q&As here. Now, Interesting. One, a lot of questions. We're going to get to your questions out there. We'll jump into that in just a moment here. Uh, but I want to talk a little bit about starting with, uh, first of all, this news item that uh, is uh, hot right now, and that is that U.S. health regulators have cleared the use of uh, the COVID-19 booster from Pfizer uh, in adolescents 12 to 15 years old, expanding access to an extra dose that will bolster the fight against the uh, Omicron variant is how this goes. And also, but as another footnote to that, the agency also cleared boosters for certain children, whatever that means, with compromised immune systems age five to 11, right? Uh, so there's another category there. Now, all of this, they're urging people to get the booster, citing early research indicating it's needed to maintain strong protection against Omicron. And, you know, here's the thing I want to say to you. You know, you're talking children now. They're targeting children. We've been talking about this. And a lot of people have fears about it, of course, rightfully so. But, you know, what are we really trying to protect them against is the question I have here. You know, I'm speaking about the Omicron variant. I mean, is it a no sniffle we're trying to protect them against? A cold, a flu? What exactly are we putting people through this for? Is it? And now that they're targeting the younger audience, uh, let's start there and um, welcome on to the program here. Our, our dear friend and just a terrific guy here. Dr. Henry Ely is here. He's a licensed uh, uh, naturopathic doctor and founder of the Energetic Health Institute, author of over 200 published works. He has been on the front lines here. Uh, wow. Trying to get information out there and fighting COVID and all of that. His show, Energetic Health Radio, plays on the Saturday and Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern time. You get it here on the network, my friends. And a lot of you know that out there already. Okay, so Dr. Ely, uh, well, welcome into a whole new year here, buddy. Let's see if we can't get it right. And uh, so this whole thing about, you know, like the way they word these press releases and these memos, it, I, I don't know, I just get a little suspicious. Or, oh, we got it for everybody now, and but we're trying to bolster the fight. But what are we really bolstering the fight against, Dr. Ely? That is a great question, Malcolm, and, and happy new year to you and everybody listening. It's great to, to be here. My God, what a great question, right? An existential question. What are we trying to arm people against? It's like this invisible boogeyman. 
And I, I just went and looked up really quickly the latest data on um, heart attacks uh, post-inoculation. And do you know that there are two reported cases in the five to 11 year uh, age range of heart attacks uh, through the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System? And did you know that there are 365 reported cases of heart attacks post-inoculation in the 12 to 29 age range? That's unheard of. And I think Steve Kirsch said it best, Malcolm, people this age don't have heart attacks, right? This has to be due to these experimental inoculations. And if this is true, <laughs> which the data suggests that it is, then the question has to be, why are we putting these kids at such great risk when they have a recovery rate of 99.99%? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, we've, we've never seen anything like it. I mean, it, it, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't compute. Dr. Lee, with everybody that has gone through the, the questions that come in here and people are so alarmed and concerned, I'm seeing divorces, I'm seeing people mm -hmm. that are split within families. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, there. I mean, kids are in the middle of these things, other things. I mean, really, it's a sad state of affairs when you look at the hostilities against really the American family mm -hmm. that the bureaucrats have... I mean, they, they've lit this fire now and people are scared about this. So what is the best thing when it comes to the this Omicron variant right now that, I mean, there's another variant. OK, so less lethal than the last as normal. OK, and here we are. What is it? I mean, my sense is and listen, if there's a lesson I've learned from all of this, it's probably we would have been better off. And, and I said this to McCullough the other day, if we did nothing. If we That's did nothing, exactly we would have been right. corrected. Tell, talk to me on that. <laughs> Malcolm, you should be a doctor, brother, because <laughs> that is exactly the point of view I've taken. But let's let's separate two groups, high risk and low risk. OK, the vast majority of people in our country are low risk, you know, under 60 and without any major disease processes, although we do have a very high rate of obesity, uh, which can be viewed as a risk factor. But when we look at the entire situation, it's it's very, very clear for us. If we had approached this like Sweden did, where we said, hey, if you're low risk, you're going to come in contact with this. Their likelihood is you're going to be infected and you're going to recover. Here's what you need to do to prime your immune system using good nutrition to, so your immune system is prepared to go when it does come in contact with this. Let's make sure we allocate all of our resources towards our high risk and do everything we can to protect them. Because when you allow the low risk to develop natural immunity that is robust and durable and long lasting, when you allow us to do that, we do act as that protective mechanism for the high risk um, people, right? So um, the the entire strategy has been predicated upon rollout of vaccines and vaccine passports. That's that that much is very much is clear. What we have to get into, Malcolm, in my opinion, is the willful misconduct. We have to be able in 22 to look this in the face and say where have we been lied to, where have we been defrauded, and where. Is it appropriate for us to make sure we hold the people guilty of these crimes accountable for their actions? Yeah, amen to that. You know, I want to tell uh, folks now, um, all of our listeners, that uh, Dr. Henry Ely, he's a numbers guy. He's That's why when he said, well, I just went and looked. See, the thing about the guy you're listening to now, he doesn't just speculate on nonsense, which a lot of people do, uh, but he's a number. He he goes into the data. The, the, that's really important to say. So uh, there's a lot of his write-ins and all of his thoughts and opinions are on the network. If you go under our team at America Out Loud, just look Dr. Henry Ely, and you'll also see them on the front page. 
go look at some of those writings. You want to learn a little bit about data and the information you really need. And the key to this is so you can gather your thoughts and your data and, and, and have your own opinion. That's what we're really talking about here, friends, to make an educated opinion on what's right for you and your family. That's mm -hmm. what matters the most. So got a lot of questions now. Let's dive into some of these here, some really interesting ones that I want to get as much of this out to folks as we can. This first one is from Martha. It's not an easy one, so follow me on this. My partner and I were pressured into getting the vaccine by his family. They told us they wouldn't see us until we had got it. This is the kind of stuff I'm talking about here. Mm -hmm. This was in summer when it was still thought that herd immunity would be gained from taking the vaccine. Mm -hmm. Wow. We took the Pfizer vaccine. The last shot was in August, and it is the worst regret of my entire life. Mm -hmm. I feel like I let myself and my children down by allowing myself to be pressured into taking this vaccine. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you could give me any assurances that me and my partner and kids going to be okay. Potential for bad things to happen in the future. Could I die in the years to come because I took this vaccine? And is there anything I can do now that I've had the vaccine to help keep any bad side effects or potential long-term damage at bay? And that was the question I was thinking about with you, Dr. Eddie, when you talk about the body, you talk mm -hmm. about the natural uh, uh, aspect of our bodies to fight these things. What are the things we can do? So what do you say to Martha there? The first thing I want to say to Martha is, is one, you have to forgive yourself. Everybody's been under a tremendous level of stress and pressure. We've been forced, we've been coerced, we've been lied to, and um, it's not your fault. You know, you, you, you do what the best you can and it's, they knew what they were doing when they put us up against our own family members, the people we love. You know, they, they used the family members to be their agents of evil. When we look at post-inoculation injury or post-inoculation clearance, the thing that we want to understand is we have to get into the cell. What's happening at that wonderful cell level, right? And what mechanisms does the cell naturally have to deal with this? Because like you said early on, Malcolm, maybe the best thing is to do nothing. Well, one of those nothings is getting into intermittent fasting and clinical fasting. And there's a little bit of a difference between the two. Intermittent fasting is about 14 to 16 hours uh, between um, meals. So if you finish eating at say 6 p.m. on Monday, you don't eat again until 10 a.m. on Tuesday. And that allows for a cellular process to um, essentially wrap a balloon. I'm just going to talk in generalities, a balloon around the mRNA sequences so that they can be dissolved. Now that's going to be a little bit more difficult if a person is taking a proton pump inhibitor like uh, Nexium or something like that. Uh, but it's still a process that the body has to eliminate. And we've seen this work beautifully for the people who've done this post-inoculation, especially in post-inoculation injuries. So what I, would, what I would like to share with her is there are things that you can do to mitigate the potential for long-term uh, damage, side effect, even death, because we don't know the long-term effects. That's why clinical trials are supposed to be completed before things get approved and released on this mass scale. And that is not the case that's gone on with these experimental inoculations. They've been released while still in phase three clinical trial, all of them. So we don't know the long-term data, but we just had a report. Dr. Malone just reported on this from uh, Indiana um, One America Life Insurance, I believe is, is the group. Uh, they have over 2,400 employees, over $100 billion in assets and things like that. And they said that in the working class adults, they're seeing a 40% jump in uh, deaths from unexplained cause. And that 
look square in the face at the experimental inoculations. They said during a pandemic, it's normal. It would be expected for about a 10% jump in unexpected death, but 40% is unheard of. And when we look at the Varus data, when we look at the Columbia study that suggests that Varus data is reported underreported by a factor of 20, what that tells us is that if there are 20,000 um, reported deaths in bearers, that means that the actual number could be as high as 400,000 deaths or more. So there's so much we don't know about this. So the best thing that I advice I can give to every single person in 22, take control of your health, learn about organic plant-based nutrition, learn how to dose yourself with nutrients and keep your immune system very primed, whether you've recovered or not, whether you've been inoculated or not, take control of your health, do not outsource it to a public health department or a pharmaceutical company. And for the love of God, know the value of fasting, whether it's intermittent or clinical and what it can do to save your life. And I maybe Malcolm, we need to do a whole show on just fasting alone. Well, you're exactly right. Um, the importance of what Dr. Ely says here, I mean, I'm really excited to hear him talk in the way that he is right now for all of you listening, because this is so vital, my friends. Please, please pay attention here. This is really the key. I'm, I'm absolutely convinced of this. And I've been convinced before we even entered COVID, uh, this COVID exercise, uh, in what we're talking about at the, at the uh, cell level health that he's speaking about, he's so accurate. Um, and the fasting and all of that, which let me segue to this other, which plays right into what you're talking about uh, question here about fasting. And this is from Shelley. And, it, and first of all, she says, and a note here, I wanted to let you know that I really enjoy your Q&A shows. I never miss an episode. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping you will consider this question below for your next session with Dr. Ely. Uh, hi, Dr. H. Uh, so I appreciate you and everything you're doing for all of us. Your message always gives me hope and freedom from fear. Mm -hmm. See, I, I got to put that in there because that's mm -hmm. what Dr. Ely brings. This is why my brother here is uh, brings such a positive message to all of you because of what Shelly puts right there. She's so right. Always give me hope and freedom from fear. That's the key to this thing, friends. If we can't do that as a people together, then what 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 is the point here? What is the point? You know, really. She goes on to say this. I am intrigued by your thoughts on fasting. I can see how this could be a very healing process. But I am curious if you have ideas on how to manage the hunger pangs. Mm -hmm. I have a very hard time sleeping when I'm hungry. And then if I don't sleep well, I am prone to get sick. So in general, I'd love your thoughts on fasting and hunger pangs. Well, thank you for the question. And thank you for the really sweet comments as well. I mean, everybody that's in this, you know, Peter McCullough on down, we, we work really hard. And those comments mean the world to us. So thank you so much for that. It really picks us up and helps us work another day. Um, as far as fasting, you know, goes and um, and all that, Malcolm. You know, what I what I what I would when I deal with hunger pains, I can't tell somebody what they're experiencing, but I can share with what I'm experiencing. Hunger pains are a central part of the fasting process because it's the sign that your body is actually entering into what um, the British are going to call autophagy, but which I am going to call autophagy, which is the cellular process of self-heating, healing. Auto means self and phagocytosis means eating. So it's self-eating. And what the body at the cell level is doing is it's self-eating the things that aren't supposed to be there. So whether it's 
um, organelles within the cell that have broken down that are no longer viable, it can recycle them. Or if it's um, infections within the cell, whether the infections are natural, man-made or artificial, it doesn't matter. If something is in the cell that's not supposed to be there, when you get hungry, your body is actually doing the work of cleaning it up. So hunger is a very important part of this process. And it's something that you have to have the courage to allow yourself to experience. It's normal when you are fasting, or I should say it's normal when I'm fasting, and this is a pretty common experience, that when, when we fast, it's going to hurt a little bit. That's the body healing. That's disease leaving the body because we're giving the cell the opportunity to do its job, get into this advanced state of self-eating. Now, when we um, managing it, you know, and, and everything, one of the things that happens, Malcolm, for me is day two is usually a beast. If I'm doing a three-day water fast, right, it's usually a total beast. And I plan on that day doing nothing. I plan on that day of just basically, sit, you know, laying on the couch or laying in a hammock or, you know, walking very slowly. You have to build your lifestyle around and your decisions of what your to-do list is around what you are actually doing. So when you're fasting in a, in a longer sense, water fasting for like 72 hours, you know, what you have to do is plan for it. And one of those things you plan for is being hungry, which is a sign that it's actually working. And the other thing you plan for is being, you know, um, you know, uh, really for all intents and purposes, Malcolm, unproductive on day two, as your body's transformed, uh, transitioning into the use of ketone bodies as a fuel source. So it's a natural part of the process. Don't be afraid of it. Yeah, that's well said. Uh, well, having uh, someone that has done the 72 hour fast and which I have done, you know, it's a mindset, uh, friends. It's a mindset. And I remember telling myself, okay, Malcolm, you can do this. Get with it. Get with it. On, <laughs> uh, on day two, which is what Dr. Ely's talking about there, that's a tough one. Day two is a little tricky. You got to get over the hump, in other words, what he's saying. Once you get over that hump, you can begin to see the other side and then you get there. Uh, I did uh, pretty well with it, but I got to tell you what, it gets tricky. I won't kid mm -hmm. you. When you get mm -hmm. into that 65, 70 hour piece, you want to start punching people in the face. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I can't have that. <laughs> but, uh, but it is a goal you set for yourself is what happens, Dr. Eddie. Once you set the goal. And for me, I'm, I'm pretty much a dog with a bone with a goal. When I tell myself I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And if you Amen. tell me I'm not going to do it, I'm really going to do it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm one of those cats, you know what I mean? You know? Yeah, yeah. So, so it's tricky, but it's a good thing. One day we will, um, uh, yes, I, I think it'd be fascinating to have a whole dialogue and conversation for our listeners on Fast, and I'm very intrigued with it. And we will do that just ahead here, as I uh, promise your friends out there in the new year. I think it'll be a very, very fascinating conversation with that and then having all the nutrients that we need. And this is the best way forward. Uh, so, all right. Well, thank you, Shelley, for all of that. We gave you a whole bunch there. Uh, let's move on now to William, please. And uh, he says, my son goes to and has a football scholarship to Wake Forest University. Uh, the school is getting ready to mandate boosters for all students. They mm -hmm. tried to make him get the booster the day after he returned to campus. And the Pfizer shot was the only one they would offer him and he refused to take it. They went on with threats of quarantine and isolation if he didn't comply. Wow. They required vaccination back in the fall, and we conceded, and he received a J&J &J shot. He received mm -hmm. the shot just five months after he had already had COVID. Mm -hmm. I argued with the football staff about natural immunity, but to no avail. My wife and I are firmly opposed to the Myrna shots, and no one else in our family of seven have been vaccinated for COVID, nor do we want to be. 
My question is, is there any way we can get him any type of exemption since he has already had a previous shot? I do not see the need in forcing multiple injections several times a year into perfectly healthy adults. What say you? I say that that sounds like a dad who has common sense. It's really sad that the demon deacons would uh, do something like that, but maybe it's in the first part of their their name, demon. You know, um, yeah. you know. I, I just, I, 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 Malcolm, you get to this place where your jaw just is dropped perpetually at what's going on. You know, and we have to, we have to stop for a second and go. If this is so effective and so safe, why would you need to mandate it? Why would you need to, you know, why, why would you need to do these things? Why would you need to coerce, force? Why wouldn't we honor natural immunity, right? It's just preposterous at this at this point. And, you know, when, when parents are looking for exemptions, I would say, yeah, I mean, you can explore getting a medical exemption from, a, you know, a doctor that you trust, but good luck. The FDA has spooked every doctor in the country to giving out medical exemptions. So, you know, you really have to take the religious exemption route. And we, we've covered that in detail. You can go to covidcon21.com and, and look up. Um, we have a, a free resources on mandates and, and what you can do about filling out some of these forms and, and signing an affidavit and, and so forth um, and demanding that they do this. I, I did this with my niece who's uh, going to school in Tennessee and it worked like a charm for her health uh, care um, job that she had. Uh, she just followed the the process we had there, and and there was no issues, you know, with it. So that that's possible as well. But these universities and these public health departments uh, and in the states are really criminal at this yeah. point. I, I don't know another way to call it. And I, I said this to my wife the other day because our own daughter's going to college with the same with same challenges, and she's not vaccinated, and we're and we're not getting her vaccinated. And I told her, I said, you do if they get in your face, you tell them back, you're not doing it. Uh, mm-hmm. So, like like our brother Dr. McCullough always says here. Uh, you know, li- listen, you know, the social contract, is it worth the social contract? I mean, what, what mm. kind of a, you know, what kind of a social contract is this and what kind of guarantees for your life do you get by succumbing to these uh, power uh, freaks uh, in what they're requiring you for? So that's the question we need to ask ourselves, right? And that's it. There, there, and Malcolm, there is one other thing for that, 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 uh, that father as well. There's a such thing as called a, as a transfer pro- uh, portal. You can transfer to another school. You know, and, and you know, I, I, I have already told, you know, my family that if the state that we're living in uh, continues down the road that they're going, that we're moving, I'm not going to live in a state that openly supports and funds segregation. It's not happening. Amen. So, there you go. Yeah. Well, I suspect that's going to happen. And I, you know, again, if you, you know, if you run into trouble, I can give you my guest room. Don't worry about it. Okay? <laughs> I appreciate that. You might have a bunch of people living all there. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. So this next one, uh, I'm very curious how you're going to answer this, uh, by the way. This next one is from Ed. Uh, and it's this. And it plays to the social contract we're just talking about, but goes a little further. And uh, I don't think I've asked you this before, but Ed says, if required, to get vaccine for employment, again, <laughs> which one do you feel has the least chance of side effects? Wow, there's a question for you, Dr. Ailey. How do you answer that? None of the above. I knew it. All of them, we have we have data supporting that all of them are injurious. Every single last one of them is injurious. And I do not subscribe in this day and age to a philosophy of, of choosing the lesser of three evils. I, I just won't do it. The, the, I would rather choose the greater good. The greater good is to stand your ground 
and say, it's my body, it's going to be my choice. And I'm not going to work for an employer that thinks they own my body, period. Yeah, it's tricky. Yeah, that's the right answer. I was wondering what Dr. Ely was going to say to that because he doesn't know any of these questions prior to us going live here. Uh, but that is the answer I was thinking he probably would say, knowing him. And uh, frankly, McCullough would say the same thing, uh, that uh, it's not like the lesser of evils is going to be a victor, right? <laughs> I exactly. Mean, <laughs> it's not the answer here. Anyways, let's move on here to Aaron. Uh, he says, I'm concerned with taking a PCR test every week. There is mm. little information I am finding on the safety of the antigen, antibody, nasal and saliva-based uh, PCR test. Is there any information you may have that is compelling enough to stop taking PCR tests for my health, safety, and well-being? You know, the only thing that we've seen work, Malcolm, a few times has been... Um, people getting antibody uh, confirmation and T cell and or T cell confirmation through blood testing, and then submitting that along with a sworn affidavit uh, saying that, hey, I'm not going to continue to do these and you have to give me equal accommodation under Title VII of the 1964 Civil Rights Act. We've seen that work. Um, now, it doesn't mean it's worked 100% of the time because nothing is working 100% of the time right now. But um, my advice to people is to investigate whether or not you've had antibodies or um, T-cell um, priming uh, through some blood tests. Use that to establish that you are naturally immune and that therefore you have no need to continue to be um, tested because you're not a threat. Uh, and, and we've seen that work. And when you and for everybody who is going out and getting tested, please, please, please make sure you get your vitamin D levels tested. I am going to keep screaming this until everybody gets it. If you are under 50 nanograms per milliliter, then you owe it to yourself and your family and everyone you love to get your vitamin D levels to 50 nanograms per milliliter or higher. So please get tested for your vitamin D levels. Please, please, please. Yeah, that is that is so important. That's the key. That's the key to the whole thing here is that vitamin D. Uh, and, uh, you know, a lot of these nutrients uh, are so, so vital. Um, you know, I have never been tested. So I they've never stuck anything up my nose here, Dr. Ridley. So how do you like that? Uh, I don't know about ditto, you. But, no. ditto, ditto right there. I've never been tested. But I did get a blood draw a couple of weeks ago because I was sure that I, I had had it mm -hmm. and that my son had had um uh, COVID before we had the symptomatology and, you know, it was short lived and we just thought that it was COVID, but, um, test came back negative. So we looked wow. at our vitamin D levels, our vitamin D levels are above 50. So it's, mm. it's preventing us from even getting the damn thing. Wow. Wow. And I, I have had the blood test as well, but not the other. So this next one is from April. Uh, I contracted COVID uh, two months ago and I'm still having dulled smell and taste. How long could this possibly last? Are there treatments to help recover smell, taste quicker? You know, the, the best thing we've done in, in naturopathic medicine with um, issues of smell and taste, because those are, those are intimately linked. If your sense of smell is off, your sense of taste is going to be off. It's just how it works. So it's usually a sign, Malcolm, of a, a significant um, uh, zinc deficiency. And so when we're looking at, you know, uh, you know, maybe it's consuming a little bit more pumpkin seeds, maybe it's supplementing with, you know, zinc picolinate or something like that. But what you're, what you want to do is make sure you're really being attentive to zinc. And whenever you're attentive to zinc, you want the companion nutrient is going to be quercetin. So frozen organic blueberries in a smoothie, onions, things like that are fantastic. There's also supplements 
that you can get for quercetin specifically, but that's usually a sign of zinc deficiency. And because the um, olfactory nerves re, um, replicate, they're only nerves that we know of that really replicate um, and replace themselves, uh, it can take months before you get a restoration of that, uh, of, of that function as you were uh, previously accustomed to. We've heard people taking three plus months of really good nutrient dosing before they get full recovery. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this long uh, COVID deal, the long hauler syndrome, uh, they call it basically, is a real thing. And I know that because of my wife, um, mm -hmm. she's had, uh, she had uh, had beautiful head of hair and she's lost a considerable amount of hair, uh, Dr. Riley, a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, and we've, we've had questions in from listeners like that uh, on various Q and A's here about the hair. Uh, is there anything you can take to, uh, do you, that you recommend specifically for the hair part of it, I wonder? Sure. Yeah. With, with the hair and, and with long haul syndrome, <clears throat> first of all, long haul syndrome is just um, defined as taking longer than expected to recover. But what we've seen is there's um, there was a study that, that Peter shared um, recently uh, showing that uh, uh, people can keep producing, long haulers can keep producing the virus for up to 230 days, even though what they're producing is not infectious for some reason. It's a little confusing and it doesn't make a lot of sense in on the face of it. But it does let us know that yes, people, some people can just be um, basically incubators, if you will, for the infection, right? And what that usually coincides with is an inability of the immune system to vanquish completely the virus. And that's usually a sign that a person is fatigued. So when we start seeing signs of hair loss and things like that, that usually points to thyroid issues. So what we encourage anyone with, um, uh, with hair loss issues uh, to make sure they get a full thyroid panel. A TSH is not enough. I can't stand when doctors only run a TSH. It tells you nothing about how the thyroid is performing. You have to get a full thyroid panel, including um, any potential uh, autoimmunity going on with the thyroid. So you want to get a full panel and then assess from there if and either rule in that it's a thyroid issue or rule out that it's not a thyroid issue. If it's not a thyroid issue, or even if it is, then you start looking at micro minerals. So you're going to be looking at things, especially like silica, which are so instrumental for, um, uh, for um, hair, you know, for hair formation and development. But um, I, I think Malcolm, you know, the road to recovery for people who've had really severe infections and experiences, severe symptomatology, it may take a year before you're feeling um, like yourself, and it may take a high dose of therapeutic nutrients during that year. It may take a lot more nutrients than you're accustomed to taking to get you back on track. That's exactly it. No, I mean, I totally get it. And I said that to my wife the other day, I'm guessing it's going to take at least a year. I said between a year and 15 months is what I said to her, uh, Dr. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. uh, that it would probably take to get back to where you need to be. Now to do that, <clears throat> let me share a couple of things with listeners and ask you, uh, Dr. Lee, as we do this, and just before we pause here, and I, I just a couple of important things here. So every day, it, when you're fasting, in other words, too, because that's a component of this that I, I want to get back to now uh, on a regular basis and mm -hmm. with, with my wife as well, when you do that in your fasting, now we, we walk several miles a day um, mm -hmm. and we prioritize that. So it's, it's on our schedule to do so. We will put it in front of other activities, actually, and other responsibilities. Mm -hmm. That's how important we find it, Dr. Ely, the, the mm -hmm. walking business. You know, mm -hmm. We walk several miles a day and I've got her doing that every single day now. <clears throat> and um, 
Uh, but when you're fasted, how does that work with your strength and being able to walk? Is that okay? Is that uh... Yeah. If you're practicing intermittent fasting, it's not an issue. You know, usually for people who get into the intermittent fasting lifestyle, it takes uh, about two or three weeks for the body to adjust. Right. Um, but then what you find is that you're just not hungry. You don't need as much food, but it doesn't impede your physical activity whatsoever. In fact, Malcolm, what I like to do is I like to make sure that I get either a yoga session in or a run in or something before I eat anything on a daily basis, even if it means I have to go a little bit longer than 16 hours. I like to make sure I've, I've confidently burned all the calories from the previous day before I put new calories into my body. It's just a simple way of, of looking at it. Okay. Um, so it's just an adjustment period for most period of uh, most people for a couple of weeks. Okay. That's good to know. And when you're talking about the intermittent, so, you know, 12, 16 hours a day in between that right. eat and uh, right over a period of, yeah, that makes sense to me. So you don't just jump off the cliff, right? At 72 hours. Right. Uh, Right. That might be a little bit of a challenge for right. people. Right, and then try to do a mar marathon in the process. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. a little tricky, a little tricky. <laughs> now, every day, back to pumping up with the daily stuff. And this is, this is uh, I'm going to take a moment because this is valid, uh, valuable information here. Um, back to, like you said, to get over the long-term COVID. And so many people are suffering with this, these effects of this thing, Dr. Ely, right out there over time, you know, uh, like you say, and it may take a year to 15 months. So what we're doing every day is we're taking several things and, and I'll just bounce off of you real fast here. We're, we're taking, uh, again, uh, uh, we take a combination of pill form and we take a combination of the nutraceuticals from healthy cell. We take other, it's a whole combination regimen I have. Like mm -hmm. for instance, I take vitamin D. What's the IU on that, that you want to take for the vitamin D? What is the uh, dose? Vitamin D for maintenance. You want to be in about 5,000 IUs. IUs. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. We're taking all of that for sure. So we had the vitamin D there. We're taking zinc uh, separately there, the vitamin D, the zinc. We're taking A, we're taking C. Um, and then we wash it down and we take the uh, gel form um, multi every day with healthy cell to wash it down. It's all the nutrients in there as well with the zinc, the, the euchanasia, the, the, the D, all of the things we're talking. So I'm getting like a double, triple dose of this stuff. I also take NAC. NAC? Mm -hmm. I take, uh, what is it? Lar I don't have it in front of me. Largini, is it? Largini, I believe. L-arginine. L is the form and then arginine is the amino acid. Thank you. Thank you. L-arginine. Okay. Now I can sound like I know what I'm talking about. Perfect. Okay. I take that as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, uh, all right. Perfect. And um, and so we take all of that. Plus I, I take things, you know, that's what I, I take combination of that. How, and every day, how does that sound? You know, it, it, it's, it sounds good. I mean, you, you know, you're taking the right things. What I typically get from people and I'm, I'm looking at the healthy cell right now, Take AC11 as well as another one. That product uh, was uh, comes from the Amazon rainforest. It's a patented product. And it's just one little capsule pill. It's terrific. I take that every day as well. And my wife does as well, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think what we what, what I try to stress, I, I find, Malcolm, that most people end up selecting the right things. Okay. They, the right nutrient, you know, and, and so forth. The two areas that most consumers uh, miss is quality of product which we know healthy cell is a quality product. And number two is amount, right? right? Are they getting into a therapeutic range for it? So like I'll have people who say, oh, I'm taking my vitamin D3, but it's from a really crap company. Yeah. Or, or, I'm, or they'll say, I'm taking my vitamin D, but they're taking like 300 IUs a day. And it's like, you're, you're not even coming close to what you actually need. So it's, it's really about understanding those two components. And how, so how do I know if it's a quality company? You want to go to the companies that really are 
more prescription based for NDs. And, and I would say this is a great time to talk with a holistic nutritionist or a naturopathic doctor, because we're the ones that know which, which the, uh, what, what are the best um, product lines out there. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And I've dived more and more into it uh, with looking at a lot of these things. Again, uh, my friends, as you hear me out there, I'm not, uh, I mean, I'm not like Dr. Reilly. I'm not a, 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 a vitamin nerd as Dr. Reilly is, right, Dr. Reilly? Proudly, uh, baby. I, I, yes. I know, I know, yes. Thank you for calling me what I am. Thank I you. love it. I love it. I love it. But, but listen, listen, I do follow a good study here, buddy. I do follow a good study. I'm with you. I'm with you. And, um, but I, um, I've learned a lot as well. I'm suggesting to you all out there so you can do it as well. I want to highly recommend, uh, you know, I've been taking Healthy Cell now for four years, well before this COVID uh, fire drill we've been on here, exercise as I always call it here, uh, because I understand the value of a healthy body, my friends. And, and one thing I've learned over the years is it comes back to the health of our cells, that, that right at the cell level. That's how we age. It's how we look. It's how, if you, you know, don't go worry about getting all kinds of stuff for your face and facelifts and body things if you're not taking care of the inside of your body. It doesn't make sense. So that the inside of your body is how the outside of our bodies are going to look. And I'm convinced of this. And, and I, again, I'm not a, I'm not like you, doctor. I'm not certified in any of this stuff. I'm just Mr. Joe, Joe Schmo here. Okay. All right. And, but I know what I know. Okay. And these are things that are very, very effective. And again, I take the, the multi uh, with healthy celery day. I, I take, and they have a whole host of other products, uh, a very natural um, in, in, in sense, which is so important that it's not all fabricated with all this garbage, uh, but REM sleep is very natural, helps you sleep at night. And that's better than all these crazy pills that are not good for your body, you know, sort of thing. Focus. A lot of people have brain fog, and this is real now. It's not being funny from COVID. This is a real problem. I know my wife had it as well. And they have a call focus and it's orange flavored, like a mandarin flavor. And it's a gel form. You just pour it in a little bit of water or you can take it right out of the, uh, the, the little package you need. It's very, very cool stuff. And we take that with the other vitamins. So you see how you switch it up a little bit, have some fun, experiment a little bit, do some of that stuff with the mix of things. And I think you'll feel good and get out and walk, see the trees. And you know what? It's a beautiful day in America. Here we are. And all of our friends around the world as well. This is, I always say America, but you know, I, I know we get a lot of Australian friends and we appreciate you out there listening and our friends from Europe as well. I can't believe the amount of Australians that are listening to our program is, is pretty wild. Uh, the analytics show is that. And uh, I want to give a shout out to, to our Australian, but I love Australia uh, and New Zealand are just really terrific markets. Uh, well, listen, healthycell.com forward slash out loud uh, gets you 20% off your first order. Bottom line, I want to get that in there or just click the banner ad back at America Out Loud. Use the code out loud. However you do it, just take care of yourself, people. Take care of yourself. And you know what? You'll be ready for whatever the next virus, influenza, uh, COVID bioweapon extravaganza is coming down the road. God only knows. We'll take a pause right now. You're listening to the voice of a nation. liberty and the pursuit of 2022 is upon us happy new year my fellow americans it was bill vong who reminded us an optimist stays up until midnight to see the new year in a pessimist stays up to make sure the old year leaves here's to all being an optimist
America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Because of COVID-19, many Americans worry about their health four times a day. That's 112 times per month. But by simply keeping our immune system strong, we can stay healthy and put our worries at ease. One little known way to do this is by taking AC11, a patented supplement from a plant in the Amazon rainforest. Studied for over 20 years and backed by over 40 scientific peer-reviewed studies, taking AC11 has been proven to extend the life of immune cells called leukocytes, allowing you to boost immunity naturally. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of AC11. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. Welcome back to the voice of a nation. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly, and it's always a joy, my friends, to be with you. Thank you for being with us on the mission. I'm pretty juiced. I'm pretty excited about this new year. I'll have to give you a full admittance here right now. I just am. I'm always a bit of a nerd at the end of a year, uh, coming into a new year, because I just love something new about the new year. You know, there's something about that line you're drawing. Say, you know what? And I'm not just talking about some cheap resolution. I'm talking about really making commitments in life that uh, propel us forward. And so I I just want to give you that message out there. We can all do great things. And it starts here today with you and your mind. Please remember that, please. And if you get anything from these programs, I want to lift you up so you can uh, uh, achieve more and experience this beautiful, beautiful life we've all been blessed with here. Now, we're on a mission here, liberty and justice for all, America Out Loud. It's all back there on the network. Uh, You can get to AmericaOutloud.com and take a look at the unbelievable content. You know, they told me as a young man that content was king. Well, I didn't know that at the time, but I don't well know it now. And we got a lot of content, my my fellow Americans, and it's all there. You can listen to your heart's content and you can uh, read and study and watch. And there's so much there. So please enjoy yourself. Take your shoes off. Stay a while and uh, feel at home, please. Uh, That's the main thing about it here. Now, the Voice of a Nation here plays daily, 6 and 10 Eastern time. But you hear us anywhere in the world on the iHeartRadio network, uh, for sure. Just look up America Rotland. Talk Radio, or our free apps are on Apple, Android, or Alexa. Become one of our app family members, and that just is a great way to listen. It streams it right on your phone. It's perfect. Um, We have a world-class media player as well. Just click the Listen Live back on the network, and I love our media player because when every hour a new show comes up, the colors change, and it's kind of cool. It gives you a nice visual of what's playing and what's going on. We are talking here with Dr. Henry Ely in this COVID Q&A. 
We're going to put it in in the high speed lane right now. We're going to we're going to move over, uh, Doctor Ely, from the middle lane mm-hmm. where we've been. And I'm going to get into the express lane. Okay, all right. <laughs> let's, let's floor it. Let's go. We, we've never been in the slow lane, but we've been in the middle lane. We're going to now get in the high speed lane here. Pass a couple of people, but all will be inside the law. Don't worry, my fellow police officers. We're not going to violate everybody. All right, let's get to Penny here. Uh, Penny says, um, "Does the vaccine keep you from getting COVID nineteen now, or has it ever, or does it just keep the?" severity low. We have a family dispute. Huh. How do you answer Penny? Uh, Penny, it has never prevented um, infection at the level that it was initially claimed, which is a 95% uh, reduction uh, for the Pfizer. And when we look at the breakthrough vaccine breakthrough data uh, that I'm now collecting from every state health department on a monthly basis, uh, there have been over 2.5 million um, confirmed cases of uh, vaccine breakthrough, uh, even with the ridiculous rules to prevent um, the accumulation of, of that data uh, in place by the CDC. It's still been over 2.5 million. There's been over 90,000 uh, breakthrough hospitalizations confirmed. There have been almost 25,000 breakthrough deaths, uh, as reported uh, from 31 of the 51 U.S. state uh, and territory health departments. So uh, we have ample evidence to substantiate that it does not prevent infection and infective spread. Yeah, and you got the data to back that up. Again, just go look up covidcon21.com or look up under our team, Dr. Henry Ely on the platform and you'll, you'll get plenty there uh, as well. All right, the next one's from Judy. And this is, uh, this is a tricky one here now. Um, and it is this, where can I get treatment for a friend of mine that has serious, serious side effects from the COVID vaccine? Wow. You know, uh, it's a really good question, and and it's going to depend on um, a lot of different factors, but I would encourage her to um, look up Dr. Ed Group, um, who is a doctor who's been working very well with injuries, um, post-inoculation injuries, uh, and has a practice uh, going, and I hope you'd be able to find him, Dr. Ed Group. Group, G-R-O-U. P. Yes. P, perfect. Just like it is. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. This one is from uh, Stoney. Um, it says, my wife, uh, this Stoney, that may be uh, a, a part of uh, what happened to him in the 60s. I don't know. But Stoney, <laughs> my, <laughs> my wife, I had to get that in there. Sorry. Stoney's going to hate me. He'll send a message. <laughs> no, no. My wife recently recovered from COVID, and about a week after recovery, she is getting dizzy. Is this a side effect of COVID, and what can be done to eliminate this? Wow. Yeah, this is that uh, potential long haul expression where the virus may be replicating uh, again because it wasn't completely cleared. And that's where we would say fasting is going to be very important as well as building the nutrient reservoir. And you can go to covidcon21.com and go under free resources for our strategies on immune priming and, and things of that nature. That's a great resource, man, for everybody to check out, please. This next one's from Laura. And uh, I cannot find Dr. Ely's post-inoculation protocol. Could you please email me a link or how to get this information? COVIDCon21.com. If you go to the immune priming um, and early treatment, if you scroll down at the bottom, we have it um, on that same page where we talk about the 14-day protocol, three days of fasting, 11 days of nutrients, uh, and then repeat as needed. 
uh, and a partridge in a pear tree. Is that what they say? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This next one is from Steve. (laughs) Uh, Is there anything that can be done to reduce the detrimental impact of the vaccine once it's been taken? I have two children um, that have taken the vaccine, and I'm concerned about its long-term impact to them. So they're asking what can be done to reduce that detrimental impact. Yeah, there's there's a lot that we have seen clinically that can be done. The first is you treat every single vaccination, every single inoculation as a um, as an infection, as an artificial infection. So that means that you do everything you can to prime your immune system and you build that foundation of nutrient density before you get the shot. But now the shot's already taken place. Is that no longer valid? Absolutely not. There is no inappropriate time to prime your immune system. So with, with the nutrients, so whether it's before or after, get the nutrients into the body, get into an intermittent fasting lifestyle so the body can get into self-healing. And if there are significant um, adverse events and injuries that a person's experiencing, get into the more clinical 72-hour water fasting um, would be my recommendations to talk with your medical teams about. Okay. And again, fashion's come up a few times here. We will dive into this in a long-term, a long-term program uh, just ahead. Uh, I feel like this is something listeners are going to get great value with as well here. Next one's from Lindsay. Are PCR tests for COVID really accurate? And if so, how can they be accurate if the virus has never been isolated? Can you use them as asymptomatic people? And if they are not accurate, how can we trust the PCR they use for flu and other infectious diseases? Okay, uh, first of all, everybody listening, we have to give up this this hill of it's never been isolated. it was entered into GenBank by the Chinese folks from, and then the original sample was destroyed. I agree with you. There are significant problems with that for obvious reasons, but we cannot die on the hill of it's never been isolated. All right. It's been isolated plenty of times by researchers around the world and in different variant forms. So we, we can't go in that direction. Okay. Um, so I, that's something we have to stop talking about. Okay. What we can um, talk about, give me the rest of that question, Malcolm. I'm sorry, I just got a little focused yeah. on that uh, first part. Right. So uh, can, Doctor, uh, if the virus is not isolated, can you use them on asymptomatic people, the PCR test? And if they're not accurate, how can we trust them for flu and other infectious diseases? Okay. So when we talk about asymptomatic, um, the CDC and the World Health Organization both have issued guidance saying that asymptomatic people should not be tested because we cannot validate any effectiveness of knowing whether or not, but that hasn't filtered down to the masses. Everybody still is believing this lie of asymptomatic transmission. Asymptomatic trans, a person can be asymptomatic, but we have zero reported cases over two years of a person being asymptomatic and being able to transmit a virus to another person. The reason that people can transmit viruses is because they are symptomatic. Even if it's a very mild symptomatology, you have to have symptoms because symptoms are a sign that the immune system is responding to an infection, not an exposure, but an actual infection. So if you, so what we, so can the PCR 
make a mess of this. Yes, that was the intention of it because they're, that's why they are not releasing cycle threshold values because if they release cycle threshold values, we'd be very easy for all of us to quickly analyze the data and any cycle threshold value above a 28 could be viewed as a false positive and that would immediately correct so many things to going on. That's why no state health department is issuing the cycle threshold value. That's why patients don't get the cycle threshold number. That's why we've had elected officials request that information and be denied that information because it is the key leg of the stool that we have to kick out. PCR is a fraud. Mm -hmm. PCR as it's being used is a fraud. Let me clarify that. Yeah, that's, that's, I'm glad you say what you say there. Uh, this next one's from uh, Alessandra. Uh, do the unvaccinated need to be uh, concerned about getting the spike proteins or any other negative side effects from sharing drinks or kissing someone who has been vaccinated for COVID-19? Oh, I think there is concern for women um, who are having uh, sexual intercourse with a partner who's been vaccinated. We've we've seen disruption of menstrual cycles, um, enough anecdotal reports, and we know that the CDC has launched studies into this, even though they're claiming that it, it's impossible. Please give me a break. Um, so that would be my concern for for other situations where we're not talking about sexual intercourse. No, I, I, I don't have any concerns and I would encourage everybody not to be afraid of drinking out of somebody else's glass or something like that. That's, that's not okay. where you need to be worried. Okay. All right. Next one's from uh, Dung. And uh, how do I treat a COVID rash? A COVID rash. How do you treat a COVID rash? I, I this is, this is news to me. I haven't seen it clinically, so um, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I haven't heard that one either. Quite frankly, I was curious what you, if you had mm -hmm. heard of it as well. Uh, Patricia says, my husband and I received booster shots for COVID uh, December 21st. We developed mm -hmm. cold symptoms two days after we received the booster. We're both 68 years old. Should we get tested for COVID? Should we contact our doctor? I don't know a doctor in the area who will even prescribe COVID treatment. Wow. Should so you get tested? Should you get tested? I mean, if you're having symptoms, you should always go and see your Doctor, if those symptoms are, are getting worse and, and you feel like you need to have that either ruled in or ruled out, that should be a doctor's, the doctor that you're working with, their, their decision, not mine. Yeah, personal treatment, which reminds me to let everybody know and remind you that this is all for educational purposes today. We can't very well jump into your personal uh, details. So that really needs to be with your pr practitioner and th those that are closest to you. So I want to remind you of that as well. Uh, Scott says, my wife and I are wanting to know what to do regarding her nine-year-old daughter and the vaccine. Her pediatrician recommends giving her the shot. She said she trusts the research done and has full confidence that our daughter should receive it. Our daughter has no underlying conditions and is in great health. The only reason we asked her because we would never even consider it is because her biological father is a hypochondriac and is in fear of her dying from COVID. Wow. What did I start with today? Right, friends? Mm -hmm. uh, we have joint decision uh, making uh, over her health and want to uh, and wants to take us to court over it. We have an attorney that is helping us with parenting plan currently. We asked her about it and she said the courts will rule in favor of health and safety and they are leaning towards the vaccine but would err on the recommendation from our pediatrician. We feel we're in a no-win situation. What can we do? Wow. Tough situation. Um, let me give you some data. In the 5 to 11 age range per the CDC, there have been over 2.5 million cases as of December 28th. Uh, there have been only 219 deaths in that age range, which makes up a 
fatality rate of 0.03%. That means that the odds of her dying are one in 11,574, which are far better odds than the flu. So with a recovery rate that's over 99.99%, um, you have to debate whether the risk exceeds the reward. So what I would encourage you to do is engage with your pediatrician and tell her to ask her to show you definitively where the uh, risk benefit analysis is so that you can review it yourself and you can discuss it with other doctors and make sure that the risk benefit analysis is in suggests that she should be inoculated. We know that in this age range, the risk benefit analysis does not um, warrant nine-year-olds being inoculated. The a, not a in this age range, there is uh, roughly the data is a little sparse um, when I last looked at this, but um, as of August 13th, before um, peak children under 11 were um, issued EUA authorization to receive it, there was a 4.7 times greater risk than benefit. Um, uh, risk of injury than benefit uh, benefit gain. And I think that's only gotten bigger, Malcolm. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I, I would fight this with my entire being if this mm. was my child. Let me put it to you like that. Yeah, there you go. Again, back to that social contract and what we're talking about there and these family disputes are at the center of it. Mm -hmm. uh, last one here, let me sneak in here from Judy. I was diagnosed with COVID in early September, received multi-local antibodies, uh, prednisone and antibiotics, recovered well of the mild symptoms. I have not and do not plan to be vaccinated. Is there a protocol I should follow now to keep antibodies at an optimal level? Great question. Antibodies at an optimal level changes month to month and changes based upon exposure. Antibody levels are supposed to wane. They're supposed to go down because what your body is doing is recreating and keeping a memory of the infection via a B cell that'll transform from a plasma cell into what's called a memory cell. So that if you get re-exposed again, then your antibody levels will rise again um, to deal with that, uh, that exposure, that infection. So, um, the, the, the nutrition that you want to keep in is the same nutrition that we advocate for, for immune priming. And the reason you do that is because if you do get exposed or heaven forbid and reinfected at some point, what is going to happen for you is when you have good nutrient density in your body, in your body, your immune system will kick on in a heartbeat and we'll take this out before it becomes any thing anywhere near of a problem for you symptomatically or otherwise all right uh, uh brother henry uh, dr ely that is a wrap thank you uh and just appreciate all that we've been blessed with thank you for being with me on the mission here it's time to get involved and get loud